The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to this free episode of Hollinger and Duncan. This is a fun concept leading up to the trade deadline, which reminds me of another fun concept on the Dunked On Prime podcast, which is the mock trade deadline. We're getting ready for that. We've picked our teams. We've begun our scouting and preparation. We're excited to record that. If you want to listen to that in its entirety, ad-free, and get all the other Dunked On Prime podcasts, this is a great time to subscribe because we're running a special mock trade deadline sale. You can subscribe at dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. That's dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. John, the trade deadline is less than two weeks away now, and I thought we could try a little bit different of an approach here. We already talked about a month ago about the players that we think are most likely to be traded, but we wanted to take a look at which teams are most likely to do something and which teams are really going to be kind of in control of this deadline. So what we're going to do is just a little draft here. We're going to draft the teams that we think are most likely to make a significant move. How are we defining a significant move? Uh, certainly something that involved a first round pick or something that involves a, a top eight rotation player in a playoff series, let's say. Yeah, or a young player that we might view as having kind of first-round value. Absolutely. Which is, so uh, the example I always think of with that is the Aaron Gordon trade, where they traded a future first and RJ Hampton, where that's kind of like right on the borderline, right? He'd just mm-hmm. been drafted, I think, either like 23rd or 25th He'd been drafted or a year, a year and five months earlier, I think. Something like that. I uh, know that yeah. was during his rookie year that he got. Drafted. Oh, it was during his rookie year. So, it, oh, yeah, you're right. I, 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 my timing's off with him because they didn't pick up his option. So I had in my head he's a free agent. Anyway. Yeah, so, it, but that's kind of a right on the borderline. Okay, the guy got drafted in the first round this year, hadn't shown a ton, but was young. That's, so that's sort of the, the borderline is where if we're ever going to go back and score this, that's a, the best we'll do. So I, I will give you, let's do it the way we usually do our drafts, which is one of us can get first pick. The second person gets picks two and three, and then we just alternate from there. It's not the pure snake draft where you get two in a row. It's just the getting the number one pick is then counterbalanced by getting two and three, and then you just alternate from there. So yes, which is important choice. because people will be grading this draft for years. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, this, this is very meta what? of us to do a draft about the trade deadline. <laughs> All right, so I'll give you, do you want the first pick or you want picks two and three? Uh, I would prefer the first pick because I feel more comfortable with that, about that one than I, what I wrote down for two and three. Fire away. All right. With the first pick, I would select the Phoenix Suns. They uh, were in the top of my group as well. Yes. 
the news that Matt Ishbia will take over as owner before the trade deadline, uh, which which came out shortly before we recorded here, uh, that that seals it to me. Like I I would have probably would have had them number one anyway, just because you can't be 16 million in luxury tax and have a non-performing asset that's worth 10 million of that. Uh, with Jay Crowder sitting out, like something had to give there, and and I still think that's the case. The other thing that I think has changed things a little for Phoenix is I think before they were trying to trade Jay Crowder and get another four, which is very difficult. Where you're basically trying to trade Jay Crowder for Jay Crowder. I think the recent play of Dario Saric is actually a little bit of a game changer in that. In that. Hmm. Now they can feel more comfortable trading trading Crowder for maybe a backup one or two, um, or or a two or three. I mean, they could they could use help really anywhere along the positional spectrum, right? Uh, so I, I think that's a little bit of a game changer for them in, t- in terms of what types of deals they'd be receptive to. Yeah, and certainly the fact that Ishbia now is going to be in control before February 9th, the, the reporting indicates that they should be able to get something done. What do you think of just the idea of him taking control, say, a week before the trade deadline? How is all that going to work as far as actually getting a deal done, approving a deal? I presume there have been conversations already and indications to James Jones as to what type of spending might be acceptable and what type of spending might not be. Because that, that, that's the real question, right? Is is he going to be somebody who's like, yeah, let's go all in? Or is he going to go the opposite direction and be like, I'm not writing that check to the league in my first year. We're 25 and 24 or whatever. Like, I'm not doing that. So that to me is the biggest question. But the idea of Phoenix not doing anything is, is almost right out for me. Um, it, it just doesn't seem possible like at the very least like they still have their first round pick this year i could easily see them doing something with that to move off of money maybe yeah it's gonna be fascinating what ishbia's approach is we've seen so many owners go all in early on to me though the difference is this is a team where it makes sense to do that chris paul we'll see whether he can summon one last gasp here he's looked a little bit better lately he looked really good in the first half against memphis on sunday they played him 38 minutes, I want to say, in his first game back, which shocked me. Uh, and I thought he ran out of gas at the end. But the, that first half, like, that 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 was vintage CP. So, and Devin Booker, we don't know exactly when he's coming back. It feels like after the All-Star break it would be it. We haven't heard anything about a ramp-up from him yet, although sometimes teams will keep it quiet. I'm not ruling it out. But And I think even just this recent four-game winning streak, if they lose those four games and then you're seven games under 500 things might have been a a lot different than they are now but this has maybe given them some hope and I guess the question is if they just trade Jay Crowder to get back you know a guy who's not as good as Jay Crowder and some seconds or something Mm -hmm. does that count to you as a major transaction it's kind of like right on the borderline for me uh, you see, I think Jay Crowder counts for the receiving team. Like yeah. M- Milwaukee trading Grayson Allen in two seconds for Jay Crowder or something like that. Like that's a that's a pretty significant deal, right? Yeah, I guess you are doing that to assume that Jay Crowder will be in your playoff rotation. So yeah, I, I think that counts. Uh, although you do say, hey, well, if, if you didn't have to actually give up a first to get this guy, like how major is it really? I mean, so he, sta- he started in the finals two consecutive years for two different teams, right? Yeah, no, it's when he started for a 64-win team last year. So, and, and yeah, for them, it seems now with Sharich, like he probably could be a bench backup power forward if he's playing better. And getting Cam Johnson back, of course, was huge for them. Absolutely. As well, and they've still got Torrey Craig, who you can throw in there in a pinch. So he's had a few moments this year. But it does seem like... 
for Phoenix, if there were any star to become available, they would be right at the top of the list trying to trade for said star. We just don't really have any indications that that's the case yet. I agree. And they they should be. Again, they're sitting on all these picks and they should be, they should be pushing their chips in and trying to, you know, they'd Chris Paul obviously is not going to be playing at this level forever. I really, it's it's this year and maybe next year probably for Phoenix. And then they, you know, they still have, obviously they still have Booker, Aiton, Bridges, whatever, but they're going to have to find another high level player to put around them at that point. I agree with you. And I think also the fact that DeAndre Ayton has had such a disappointing year that yet again it's looked like he's not necessarily going to be good enough to be that second foundational piece next to Booker moving into a new era that adds the urgency because you're the opportunity cost of the future the future doesn't look as bright so you might as well sacrifice it for the now in my opinion and this is a team that's more worth going all in on than say the Minnesota Timberwolves trading for Rudy Gobert <laughs> For, for example, for example. In, in terms of new owner. But yeah, especially with him coming in during the season, hopefully there's been enough communication that it, he feels comfortable making a big move. It's just, it's got to be tough if you're a new owner coming in and being like, all right, I, this isn't necessarily my guy as the GM. I don't really have a great familiarity with what's going on here. And now I might make a move that's going to really hamstring us for the future once I actually do get my feet wet here. So I think maybe they'll be saved by the fact that there isn't really that player that's worth, you know, your three first round pick type of package. Yeah. But certainly if, say, any of the Toronto guys become available, you'd expect them to be in on that. So, yeah, this is tough, actually. There are a number of teams that are all kind of in similar positions here. And if I were just, if I got extra credit for volume here, which I don't, I might consider one of these teams. There's three teams that I kind of consider the linchpins of this trade deadline that could take us from kind of a boring trade deadline to like a really fascinating one. And of course, there are always teams that come out of nowhere, right? Nobody thought Sacramento was going to be trading Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis. That was just such a shocker last year. So we we might say, or the Vucevic trade two years ago. The Porzingis trade last year took, took... Oh, yeah. Because that took people in the league by surprise. Like the Halliburton trade actually didn't shock people, I don't think. Um, more more surprise than shock. Przingis was the one nobody saw coming. So I've kind of got three types of teams I can go for. One is sort of the same thing along as Phoenix. Of like teams that just have to get better right now and they at least have something that they can trade to do that. Then they've got these three teams that have a ton to trade. We're just not sure if they're going to do it. And then there's this tier of teams that are pretty clearly trying to move guys, but they're just not that sexy and might not garner first-round value. Okay. I'm going to actually pick the LA Clippers as my first pick. I think that I think that's a good one. Um, I had them very high on my board. This is a team that always does something at the deadline. And they don't have a ton to trade. They've got some lower level guys, Preston and Boston. Terrence Mann, supposedly they are rebuffing efforts about him. They want him to be part of their group, which I think he does provide an important skill set for them in the playoffs. They have 27 and 29 swaps that they could trade and a 28 first. And of course, they have plenty of matching salary, none of which is too heinous, but none of it's amazing either. But it's not going to stop a deal. And then, of course, they have Steve Ballmer's incredible willingness to spend, which is probably, to me, the biggest thing 
that makes me th- like that is an asset in and of itself Absolutely. to take on players. Now there aren't as many bad contracts as there used to be, obviously, but I don't know if they have the ammo to get a third best player. That's been a big focus here. That was kind of when Danny and I talked about them. My biggest issue is it's like, who are they going to get that's so much better than the guys that they have that's available right now that is really going to make you feel better about their postseason chances? It's the, it's, you know, Ananobi, Siakam, right? Van Vliet, one of yeah. those three, right? Right. right. It, now, it, and, but then it, it feels to me, if one of those players becomes available, they don't have the best offer. Uh, it seems unlikely, yeah, because they're just you're just doing a 28 first in matching salary, basically. Yeah, and maybe you could throw in some of those swaps too. But you know, Van Vliet, I'm very interested to see what his market value is because of the new contract that he's going to require. He just changed agents. That's usually you don't change agents when you feel like you're going to take less. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) like you're usually going to change agents because you're looking for a big payday. That's the reason for that. Uh, So but maybe you would say, I mean, Van Vliet's so interesting. A, whether he's available, B, how much they could really get. Now, and those two things, of course, are interrelated with one another. Of like, uh, you know, is, is Fred Van Leet, are you? I know he's been, was an all-star last year and he fits in basically anywhere, but he's undersized. He wants a huge contract. You, he could be a free agent, so you better it better be somewhere where he wants to be in addition to getting paid. And so is it possible that his value might be in the range that the Clippers could afford him? Yes, but then it's also like, well, would Toronto even bother moving him at that point? I don't think so. I so here's my uh, heretic trade proposal: burn down, burn down the internet. Um, uh, Van Vliet to Phoenix, Chris Paul to the Clippers, uh, Reggie and the 28 pick and two swaps and whatever else it takes to match. Maybe Robert Covington uh, going back to Toronto. Well, might then be, Phoenix might be, Phoenix might be draft also. draft equity. Yeah, draft equity from Phoenix to Toronto as well. That's fascinating. That would be absolutely fascinating. You know, I'm not sure how much I love the CP fit with Kawhi in particular. CP's like weird reluctance to take spot up shots. I, I just I talked about this today with Danny of just how this obsession with getting a point guard for LA, it just like they're gonna sink or swim with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being good. And basically any point guard they're going to get who's going to need to dominate the ball i don't think that actually is going to make their lives either because that guy's probably not going to be able to shoot is it like you know they're running pick and roll and getting Kawhi leonard the ball like on the move going to the basket like that's not his game his game is to get the ball and go isolate like it doesn't matter who the point guard is he can just throw Kawhi leonard the ball on the wing and let him attack right like so i i've i've never understood that obsession even though Kawhi himself and people within the clippers have seemed to think that going back to like the race Rondo days. Yeah, I think I I still think there are times when they like having Kawhi just be the point guard is like too much. Yeah, I I agree. During the regular season, sure, it'd be nice to have that player. Regular season, second units. I I I still think even times with them. But you're right. You you want the guy to be more of a spot up guy too. That's where you could argue that Van Vliet is actually the better fit than CP. But I just don't know if they have the goods to get Van Vliet. No, I, I think you're right there. But I, I'm thinking more with the Clippers that it's going to be something of a similar nature to what they did with Covington and Powell last year, where it's just maybe there's some starters on another team that the team's like, hey, eh, you know, we're not really loving this money for this guy going forward, but the guy can still play. So, hey, if you got a little shorter contract you want to send us in exchange for this guy, 
great. We'll make that deal. Clippers will get more expensive. Who cares? Kind of amazing that John Collins hasn't come up with these guys yet. Yeah, he's he's exactly that type of player. I mean, if the biggest obstacle is the money, this is the team that doesn't care about the money, right? Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media, Get great hardware that fits your business, except credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash PER. Okay, so here's my next one. Okay. This is going to be tough here. And they're just, there's, you'd made the right move taking the first picks. I think (laughs) would have been my first pick too. As far, and certainly there are a lot of these teams that are going to try to upgrade in some way, but as far as actually trading a first round pick or trading away someone on a first round pick, right? Because like, I would think maybe like a Charlotte, they're going to be in sell mode, but I don't think any of their guys are worth a first. I'm going to go with Golden State Warriors. Whoa. And uh, that's probably not a great okay. pick because they usually don't do much at the deadline. But 
I think they just clearly need to upgrade and I think they need to show a commitment this year hopefully they can play a little bit better before the deadline but they just need another guy another closer on this team and I'm not sure who that is who'd be available but they just that guy to play next to Draymond Green in the closing lineup in the front court I, I think that they just desperately need that I, I again this is there are not that many options that really stick out to me like the Lakers I don't think they're going to move their first Milwaukee they're kind of moving a first either like they're going to be competing with Golden State presumably for whoever this player is but Golden State has the goods to outbid the likes of a Brooklyn or a Milwaukee or even a Clippers if they want to uh you know James well, Wiseman yeah what is the what is the Wiseman too. contract I mean that yeah. that's the one that I think is uh hasn't been talked about a lot lately but that is the one that makes a lot of sense just because that $12 million for him next year, I mean, it gets so expensive for the Warriors. It's so much easier for them if that money is off their books. And to put him in an environment where he can develop more, I think would be really helpful. It's just, okay, what's the... What's what's the team and player where that makes the most sense? Yeah, I think that that's the big question. They don't have matching salary above him to make a big move. So it also kind of feels with like the Bob Myers news. That's yeah. That first feels. My first smart out question was going to be: Were you were you including draft compensation for Bob Myers in this, or were we just talking about players? Well, his contract expires, so they they won't. Whoever hires him won't need to. That's true. That's true. Wait till July. All right, yeah, I'm not. I don't love that pick, but I'm very interested to see who you're going to go with next here. Uh, it's, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> who who is going to be the first one of us to pick one of these big three linchpin teams that could make this an exciting deadline? So, um, I think the one I'm going to go with here, and it sort of just clears the bar for being significant enough, but. It's such a significant team and would be such a significant role that I think it has to. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, they are trying. They, they, they want to do something. Uh, they need to they, do something. I think they realize they have four really good players and then not quite enough around that. And they need at least, at least one more high-level guy when they get to a playoff series, especially since they don't really know what, what they're going to get from Middleton, I think. So... But definitely a team that's good enough to win the championship. Yeah, I think that's right. And they're just, they're a little low on two-way players right now. Maybe Pat Connaughton is the only other guy outside of that top four who qualifies. And, you know, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, uh, Joe Ingles. I mean, you know, I think he provides like a limited role for them. But still, you just going into a playoff series with that many question marks on one end or the other, I think is difficult. Having another guy who just fits in in a variety of lineups that you don't have to compensate for them schematically on either end would be very useful for them. The Bucks can trade a 29 first now, should they want to, and a 28 swap. Is Marjan Beauchamp have much value? Yeah, he might. So there might be teams out there that would be RJ, RJ Hampton esque value. Yes, yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good way to put it. Um, Future yeah. seconds from Sacramento and Indiana. So you're not necessarily getting Milwaukee's seconds if you do a deal with seconds with them, which is, I mean, Sacramento's better now, obviously, and so are the Pacers, but. Uh, I think if you're if you're talking about like Milwaukee second and twenty three or twenty four, teams are just like, well, that has no value to me at all because it's going to be the fifty seventh pick or whatever. 
Yeah, and there was this reporting that they were offering Grayson Allen and four seconds to Houston for Eric Gordon. They've gotten some stuff with that four seconds package before they got Nikola Miritich for that a a while ago, and that worked out so well that he was never seen on this side of the pond ever again. (laughs) Well, plus they got everybody uh, blowing down their, uh, uh, blowing up their phones for uh, Serge Ibaka, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you might. It, maybe he'll play now that Bobby Portis is out. All right. I'm going to pull the trigger here on the Toronto Raptors. All and right. As that, I think that is. It, yeah, yeah, that is that is the one that would that would change everything. Right. Well, and I as I we've been talking through this and, and Van Vliet, for example, it just I don't know that it's even going to be. Oh, hey, we're going to blow this team up necessarily. Although, frankly, that's probably what I would advise. I would advise if you're going to move one of these guys that you do it for more than one of them. Mm-hmm. given some of the contractual issues with the so many players ending either this year or next year. But between Gary Trent, Fred Van Vliet, Siakam, Ananobi, all of those guys ending either this year or next year, the team disappointing. There are just so many of these guys that it feels like they would end up having to move one of them, right? I, I think Trent's going to move. I, I think that's the guy as I look at it. Like, I, I think Toronto's going to take calls on the other guys, but they're not going to do anything unless they can really just dunk on somebody on the trade. But Trent is the one. He's he's free agent after the year. I'm not sure you really want to pay him given their salary structure and, and where the team is right now, quite frankly. And the, the other piece of this we haven't talked about, because we're just looking at Toronto moving one of these uh, four players – uh, they're not going to move Barnes, but of their other like key five players, moving one of those four. But what about Toronto acquiring a center? Yeah, that's right. That has to be centers. on the table. You know, yeah, Jakob Pertl. Jakob Yeah, the reunion with Jakob Pertl, obviously. Or there's, I mean, there's a lot of bigs on the market. I think there could be a lot of action actually at the five position at this trade deadline. So I, I think that one isn't getting enough discussion because everyone is focused on the players Toronto might give up. Yeah, I think the last two years has shown me if you just you add up the defensive talent on this roster, like oh man, like these they're so athletic, like they don't have enough offense to be a really high level offense. If you're going to make this team a contender, they kind of got to do this the worst version of what Memphis does with running and offensive boards and stuff to put together a reasonable offense. But your hope was this team gets to be a top five defense. And I think what this last two years have proven is that they just aren't able to get there with this group. Like they just haven't quite been as good as you would have hoped staying in front of guys and switching. And then they don't have any rim protection when guys get by them. And they frankly make too many mistakes defensively as well and give up way too many straight line drives due to miscommunications or blow bys or whatever. So they need a, a good rim protector. And I think... They have defended a lot better when Coloco is out there, but he's not quite ready for prime time. So maybe they'll feel their last gasp at saving this group is adding a high-level defender in the middle to play Nick Nurse's system where they force everyone to drive and then block every shot and then get out and run. And so that's their way of trying to fix this. And then if it doesn't work, then you think about, okay, maybe Siakam and Ananobi would move these guys in the summer. The Van Vliet thing, though, is still, it's difficult. You just, it seems like, particularly the way he fits with some of these possible rebuilding teams, I would be very worried about a huge offer for him this offseason. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cap room sloshing around there this offseason too. So it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting. We haven't really talked about cap positioning trades, but I, I think we're gonna see some of those too. Let me just ask you this to close out on Toronto. 
what price would make you move on from Van Vliet? Like all these guys, actually. Let's let's go through all of them. The the those big four: Trent, Ananobi, Van Vliet, Siakam. Given where the Raptors are right now, given that Siakam seems like a pretty good bet to make All NBA this year, unless he gets injured, maybe 50-50 on that. We'll see where the Raptors end up. The more they win, the mm-hmm. greater chance of that. In which case, you would then be looking for the supermax. Let's start with Van Vliet. What is the price that you're willing to accept for him? Where you're like, okay, we feel really good about doing this. We had we had to take this deal. I think if you get two firsts, you probably feel pretty good about that. Like two lotto protected firsts. Or Let's say talking? realistically, you're going to get a first. One of them is for is for 2023. That's going to be in the 20s, right? Because that's the yeah. type of team you're dealing with. And then the other one's going to be two or three years out. Probably have some protection on it. Yeah, but may and maybe it's top four protection. Maybe it's unprotected. I think we're kind of the other problem. I talked about this with Danny too. Is who is going to be the first team to make a move that acknowledges that sanity has returned to the trade economy? Yeah, you understand what I mean? Like because you've got the Gobert, the Murray trade. Murray, the Mitch, the Mitchell was uh, border borderline, but like trended a little more towards sanity, right? Yeah, but 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 Mitchell also had three years left on his deal exactly yeah and yeah and he's been you know he's gonna start the all-star game this year so. <laughs> yeah exactly right uh, like, like you know gobert van vliet and murray like these like lower level all-star type of guys here's the problem yeah yeah the political reality that so the general managers know this but uh, the owners, I don't think, know this. And yeah. the problem you have is that your owner is saying, well, Danny Ainge got this for Rudy Gobert. Why Why can you only get two firsts for our guy? I, I, I think that that is the thing that could really gum up the works. And it depends. You know, some of these, some teams have, you know, more independence in the front office than others. Some have, you know, different owners and personalities and whatnot. Like, I think Toronto, where Messiah is so strong there, I, I think there'd be probably, that would probably be less of an issue than it would some other places. Yeah. And I think you know, Toronto, if they wanted to move all their guys, they could be in the same position that an OKC and a Utah have been in, in terms of getting picks. They have that much talent. That'd be available. crazy if they just went full teardown yeah. and just kept Barnes and, and got rid of everybody. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I guess you can point to that the Gobert trade obviously hasn't worked so far. If things were actually going well in Minnesota, then maybe this economy wouldn't have changed as much. Although the Gobert trade already kind of maybe messed up the KD trade this offseason. So at some point, someone is going to have to make a move in a more, because I was like, oh yeah, you know, Van Vliet, maybe he's kind of similar to the Mike Conley trade to Utah. It kind of, I mean, that was the first thing I thought of, obviously. Yeah. 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 And, and there's been, been a few other guys who have been, uh, last couple of years, their contracts, you know, 10th, 15th, best point guard in the league. Brogdon uh, was someone who got traded for uh, on a sign-in trade for a first and two seconds. But I think Ben Vliet has more yeah. stature than him. So you, that's kind of the, I think. Der- you know, Derek White was picks. like a, yeah. a first and a swap, right? Who was? Derek White. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good deal for the Spurs. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's Van Vliet. I mean, we're spending a bit of time on the Raptors, but it makes sense. I mean, Ananobi, I think two unprotected firsts would probably get me there. That me too. Uh, I think you're you're really dealing with a situation on his contract where it gets a little iffy on the, on the next deal, and I I think he's not he's not a primary offensive weapon, and I think that caps his value to me. 
that said at least he's the type of player who he's always going to fit in he's always going to give you production he's still pretty young too so yeah. he he might be overpaid on his next deal but he's still going to help you win basketball games he's just gonna make five or ten million a year too much it'd be like a, a wiggins almost exactly they're, yeah i think that that's, that's a good analogy yeah they're not totally similar players but in terms of like where where they are in the value hierarchy yeah and I, i've said this about toronto i mean i would be very seriously considering moving all these guys because it's just it would be wonderful if you're like, hey, you know, we've underachieved. We've got a lot of talent. Let's just keep letting this group grow. All these guys are relatively young. Yeah, it'd be great to be able to have that option. But these guys' contracts expire. <laughs> like, you can't yeah. just hold on to all of them. It just, like, you have yeah. to make a decision. And they're going to be unrestricted. And a couple of these contracts are difficult to extend, too, is, yeah. is the other thing. Yeah, although maybe we'll, uh, with Ananobi, that'll get solved with the, the new CBA. Um, Siakam, I mean, are you talking about just the full the full draft from a team like Phoenix? I would I would ask for three firsts for Siakam. Yeah. Not four firsts, three firsts. I think I think he's closer to Murray than Mitchell on the value spectrum. Yeah, I mean, what was he second team All NBA last year? I, I mean, I think there's I, I agree with you. I think he is to me worth more than that because I think there are some fish or, or, or I'm sorry, worth less than someone like Mitchell. But if you just look at some of the objective things that he's accomplished, like he's kind of been up and down too. His shooting is still questionable. Like he's older. He's like, not, a, to me, he's a little bit like a really high level innings eater. Um, just in terms of being yeah. like a, a high capable, of high usage, but probably not capable of crazy efficiency. And, and he hold, he holds on to the ball a lot too. Yeah, yeah. So I I agree, but you know if you're a Phoenix, I think I would probably make go in on him. And hey, if you could, I guess what would they do at center? Like who's the matching salary there? I guess it got to be eight, huh? Wow, that would be now that would be an interesting trade, Aiton for Siakam. And maybe Toronto gives Aiton some value. I think Aiton is a bad contract right now. I I would put him as more of a negative value, honestly. That would be a really that that's a really interesting one. Wow, I I had not thought about that. That is a re, that would be a really interesting trade. Okay, that's right. probably enough. Should, on the should, should we keep, should we keep picking teams? <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's your turn here. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Boston Celtics. Wow, and really? Okay, I had them way lower. Because mm-hmm. I, I think, what do you get the man who has everything? Oh, they're gonna trade for another big. They're gonna trade but, Gallinari, but like a first round value big. Uh, I I think their 25 first round pick is sitting out there. They know they have. They know like this is this is the year. Maybe there will be other years, but. Right now they're in this window where they have Brown and Tatum in their prime. They still have Al Horford in his in his 30s playing well. Robert Williams is upright. Like let's go. Like this is it. And yeah, I I think they will they will try to use Gallinari, the 25 pick, and whatever else, um, and get another big there. Obviously, Jakob Pertl would be ideal. I don't know if they have enough goods uh, to get him, but 
I, I, I think the, that is absolutely the call they're going to try to make, and and I think they're going to be pretty aggressive about it. Yeah, I, I don't like that at all for them. I, I mean, maybe, I, I'm not disputing you have a better understanding of like what they're actually trying to do probably than I do, but I it just doesn't make sense to me to make that deal. And then also like the matching salary thing too. Now, maybe part of the reason to do it is just to get off of Gallo's money for next year and what will be a big tax payment. And Al Horford, you know, he's not going to be a starter level of guy in the playoffs forever. And you you need to acknowledge that. But I think another center who doesn't shoot, just how many minutes is that guy going to play in the playoffs? I mean, maybe it's it's insurance for Rob Williams or something, but it just, it seems like they could, if I'm going to give up a first, I need to get someone who's, like, like, I don't think there's a player out there for one first that's enough of an upgrade over anyone that they have in their top eight at the moment. Yeah, I, I think I think they after what happened last year in the playoffs, I, I think they just want another another big guy because they just don't know what's going to happen with Rob. And I mean, they're real. If he's out of the lineup, they are just really thin up front. Yeah. Well, you you definitely. I, I mean, this isn't unique to you because there's been reporting on, on this also. But you've definitely been very interested in them acquiring a center. I mean, they've gotten enough from Cornette, but you're not loving him in the playoffs either. And it would be nice they, maybe if the guy that they got was someone that they could re-sign or was under contract as insurance for yes. Grant Williams. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, I was going to say there's a Grant Williams aspect to this too, which I mean, is it possible to involve him in a deal like that and and go higher up the food chain? I'm just I think they need Grant Williams though. Like who are they going to get who's better than him to guard the likes of Giannis in the playoffs? Like and that, KD, did good on KD too. So I am just I mean it's really tough for me to stomach giving up a first for a guy who's going to be a fourth big for you when healthy. Maybe. I don't know. I and it, could be, I don't know, could it, maybe they end up doing something smaller than this that doesn't qualify for what we're saying. Maybe it's, maybe it's two seconds. Oh, does, does Peyton Pritchard count if he was in a deal? Oof. Right? You could do Pritchard I and Gallinari. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> he's, he's right on the borderline too, I guess. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll relitigate this if they actually do something, <laughs> of whether, it, whether it counts or not. I've created a, our first controversy of, of, the, of the 2023 draft. Okay. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. They this is the next team like, on my board. Yeah. And this is despite the fact that I talked about this with Danny, that there still isn't a John Collins trade that makes sense, even though they are desperately trying to move him. But just simply because they, we know they're trying really hard. And they also, I think, have new management in that's uh, looking to make some changes. To, they've been below expectations so far. I, I think I do have to go with them here, even though I still, I still weirdly think that John Collins might have more value to them than any other team that's going to be trying to get him my favorite john collins trade is still john collins to indiana um because with their cap situation they could take him in it's not a big deal i think him next to miles turner is perfect and indiana's fours have been killing them but yeah if if indiana is is trying to go the route of being better you know maybe that's true and they also indiana has this cleveland pick and this boston pick from this year that are you know maybe they could just and they're not as worried about the money as some teams would be yeah that's an interesting one i mean we had the other one that i think has kind of been floated around there for a while is kuzma for collins but it seems like washington would rather have kuzma and just pay him the next contract than i think once once washington started rolling with this porzingis gafford front court i think the idea of bringing in collins just made no sense at that point if, if it ever made sense 
Yeah, Atlanta, I, so the biggest reason to pick them and the biggest reason to not pick them are kind of the same, which is we don't know that much about this new group and we don't, they, they're new and they haven't done this dance before really. So what what do they know? Do they know what they don't know? And can they can they get something like this to the finish line without, or, or are they going to be too ambitious to get something to the finish line and overpay? Right. That, there's just a lot of questions here and, and we'll see what happens. I actually think when healthy, the one through eight on this team is pretty good. <laughs> like I think we've seen that the last couple of weeks, but they're still probably not as good as they convinced themselves they were going to be. Yeah, Trey Young actually playing like Trey Young it papers over some of the issues that, that they had early in the season, but it's they definitely need more at backup forward to be sure. Yeah, that backup 4, backup 3 is like the the spot that has really hurt them all year, uh especially with Hunter being in and out of the lineup. Griffin is the rookie. I mean, he's been good, but he's he's pretty undersized for a three, let alone if you're trying to get him at four. Jalen Johnson's minutes haven't been good. Justin Holiday hasn't given him anything, uh, sadly. Former Grizzly, great guy, but hasn't played well for him. All right, your pick. It is to me, and uh, I had this team very close with Atlanta on my board. Uh, Miami Heat. That's really interesting, and I, we're, we're getting down to some of these non-obvious candidates at the moment, but... It feels like are they because they they could make some trades right they could trade their twenty three they could trade their twenty three first and they they are now high enough in the standings where I think it becomes reasonable to put that pick in play where they can they can do that trade Deadman uh, maybe some other contracts or whatever they could move Oladipo although he's played well for them yeah they he could can, he can block a trade too if he wants to that's a good point uh, Nikola Jovic could be part of a trade. Well, and, and Duncan Robinson is the matching salary, but he still has three more years at nineteen million a pop, basically. So that's I if think, they really yes. wanted to. I'm sorry. The Heat start every trade call with Duncan Robinson and their twenty three first, and then when the other team hangs up the phone, then they have to come back with something else in their twenty three first, and that's that's the issue, right? Like, if Miami's Miami ideally wants to do something with with Robinson in that pick, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that. So, but they are they like they are so lacking at the four, and it's like such an obvious obstacle to any kind of high level success with this Bam and Jimmy group that they, that they almost have to do something. Now, could they do something with Kyle Lowry in the twenty three first? Yeah, that's interesting too. Lowry really is has disappointed there. I my only thing why I would have the heat a little lower personally is it just seems like they would want to hold on to everything that they can with greater ambitions than let's trade a first for some guy who's gonna be our starting four man but is old and, you know, is not in the top twenty at third position. Yeah, possibly. I just I just don't know that they could do anything better than that even in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, now maybe part of the, the move that they make is the value includes getting off of Robinson as well. But yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. Maybe they can't do anything better in the offseason. But the, the other trade. reason... Yeah. The other reason I went with Miami here is because uh, history, right? The, like this is like the Clippers. They, this is a team that makes deals in midseason historically. Okay, my turn here. Picking between a few options, and we'll try to pick up the the pace a little bit here. I'm gonna go for Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Just because of Bogdanovich, if he moves, I think that would count. Alec Burks would count too. Would he? Is he well, I guess if he gets traded for a first, he would. If he doesn't, I don't think so. I think he's he's like. 
very fringe of a of like a top eight. I mean, he would come in and play 15, 20 he's, minutes a game. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe he's, he's been pretty good. That's all I'm gonna say. Like I know it's yeah. Detroit, and whatever. Like he's he's been good though. No, he's uh, he's saved their season. They could. Uh, there's they could the uh, Sadiq Bay angle here as well. I know everyone's focused on Bogdanovich, but I I do think there's a possibility Sadiq Bay moves. Yeah, and, and also I think Detroit they are for good or for ill. I think if they do move a guy, it will be for something significant back. Otherwise, they're just not going to bother. I think that's true. Yes, and we'll we'll see how much of an overpay it takes. I. I think on Bogdanovich, a a true first round pick would get it done. I mean, the the thing you're saying is an unprotected first, and the implication of of that in people's heads is a little different. But when you like a Phoenix calls about Bogdanovich and says, "We'll give you our 2023 first, which is going to end up being like the 22nd pick or whatever," I think Detroit does that deal at the end of the day. Interesting. Yeah. Can you send me Devin Booker's medical reports before the trade, just so I can <laughs> assess uh, where you can end up in the standings? <laughs> Okay, my turn. Yeah, really. Or no, I'm sorry, your turn. I just did Detroit. Yeah, although presumably it's a tell, right? Like if if Phoenix is making that offer, they they know that they're that they're going to get Booker back, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't bother. Um. Oh, yeah. ne- next team for me. Uh, and I think we actually maybe should have had this team higher because I do think they're going to end up doing something. Is the Utah Jazz? Yeah, I guess the biggest reason I hesitated on them is just that I don't know that there is anyone who has like first round type of value on this team. Okay, so like Mike Conley, for instance, I don't know if a trade involving him would involve a first round pick, but it would end up having like if he went to the Clippers. Sure. Right. That's a significant trade. Right. I mean, if he gets moved, it's going to be to be a starting point guard somewhere on a good team. So yeah, that that would count, I suppose. But but, but, I mean, you're just kind of like, man, if the if the doesn't get a first round now, it probably what it would be, I guess, would be maybe the first also involves just taking back like shittier money from the other team as well. Yeah. Yeah. But but I just Uh, yeah, it's just it's hard for me. And maybe if this Utah team drops a bunch of games between now and the deadline, or just Mike goes up and says hey i would i would love to be on a contender and like his agent is kind of working the phones it, it just seems like there's such good vibes in utah right now that you know all right malik beasley sure jared vanderbilt or you know even clarkson they're talking about resigning now that could all just be a smoke screen for mange and he doesn't give a shit but uh what about a uh uh fake duncan robinson trades uh him and the 23 miami first for kelly olenic yeah, Linux is someone who I think could move. I, my I don't my, uh, I, my fake Boston scenarios might uh, have a Linux in them too. Mm. Yeah, he does provide a little bit of a different element for them than some of these uh, more rim protecting type of centers. I don't particularly care for Linux on a playoff team, given his defensive limitations. Like uh, he's been linked to the Warriors a lot, and I'm just like, I that doesn't seem like a good idea to me for Golden State. Um, yeah, that, all right, Utah's on the books for you. Yeah, some of these teams definitely have guys to trade. I'm just like, yeah, is that really going to be first-round value? And if it's not... I mean, I think the Charlotte Hornets have got to be the next one, maybe, for me. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I grab have, them. I had them further down on my board uh, for two reasons. One, I just don't think this is a very creative front office. So, like, coming, coming up with the actual deal, I, I just see roadblocks. Like, there's not a long history of midseason trades with these guys. Uh, one of their potentially best 
tradable guys is Kelly Oubre, who's injured, which I think is another obstacle. Uh, you do hear Rozier's name out there. I Yeah, teams question- seem to actually think Rozier is good right now. Which yeah, I, right? I, which- if I'm Charlotte, I would certainly, <laughs> if I'm Charlotte, I would seize on that perception immediately. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Now, now um, Rozier, I mean, uh, Seth, I think it was, either Seth or John Schumann did this, uh, looking at, Rozier has basically been the lowest below his career shooting averages of like any player this season. Yes. So I do expect him to bounce back some, but I mean, that is you know, 23 million average over the next three years after this one. I would be very interested in moving that for any kind of value, and I'd be happy to take back bad money for it too. Uh, what do you think of Dwayne Dedman, Nikola Jovic, and the 23 Miami first for P.J. Washington? Uh, I really don't like P.J. Washington on a playoff team, personally. I, I mean, I'm not saying that's an unrealistic trade, but I just, for me, I, he's just, he's so bad defensively. I, I just can't. I mean, maybe you feel like, like a, you can get him to defend better on a real team, but... That that would be that would be the logic because right right now he's like a little bit of a, a fake small ball five right yeah and Plumlee's another guy who could be available I mean it seems like all these guys are kind of more would go for seconds and at that yeah Plumlee Plum really would be worth doing yeah Plumlee would be a guy who'd go for seconds I, I he's been really good this year honestly uh, I I think he could help a lot of teams but probably wouldn't yeah. quite get over the bar for us as far as what I, would I, I mean, qualify need, as significant you need someone to be prominently involved in the opponent's playoff buzzer beater <laughs> yeah don't bring him in for the late game inbounds play um gordon gordon hayward anyone i think it's your pick. hello <laughs> it's your pick we probably got like 15 20 minutes left there so let's uh we can right. roll through the rest of these all right um new york knicks yeah i i mean they have a ton to trade obviously although they're also hoarding it what's your theory behind picking them here just so much smoke that there has to be a little bit of fire somewhere. Mm-hmm. I it, their biggest question is: Do any of these guys add up to the level of importance? Yeah, I would right? say Cam Reddish would be a no. Yeah, a clear no. You know, Hartenstein. You know, quickly does that like you know get over yeah, the board? Yeah, that, that or? would be. I think that I would count that as a significant move. And then I think you can't rule out the Knicks uh, doing something to be an acquirer as well. I mean, given that they have the they're sitting on quite a few future firsts for that reason. So I I think they could be a team that, that, that jumps in uh, on on one of these guys. You know, we talked about Toronto, obviously that the Knicks have their setup. They have matching contracts with Rose, with Fournier, with whatever. And so they're, they have the flexibility to do a lot of different things. So I think we're we're at the point where they they become interesting enough here to, to go off the board. I'm going to go ahead and grab the Indiana Pacers now. And obviously the chances of them doing something major seem to have reduced. Although, as you noted with John Collins, maybe they could even acquire someone. They also just have this cap space sitting out there. I know there's a thought that they're going to renegotiate and extend Turner. They probably won't want to do that until they exhaust options with their cap space. But it it seems like, and you know, I'm not going to... The other aspect of this is that if you can't renegotiate and extend Turner, there's probably going to be a Turner trade. And that, that to me is the biggest reason to take them is is the possibility yeah. that Turner gets traded. Well, and all, the other thing too, I mean, I know they won against the Bulls last night, but I don't know how long Halliburton's going to be out. If they just lose their next five games and they're seven games under five hundred, then all of a sudden, without Halliburton, maybe they're like, all right, you know, we're just going to do what we did last year. And it, it, I mean, they looked good when everyone was healthy, so maybe you can still keep Jason after that. But it, it would make more sense maybe to move guys. Healed is another one who. 
ultimately. Does he like, qualify? Does he does he get over the line for you? As I, I mean, as there a, are. I would be surprised if Buddy Heald moved without a first round pick being involved. Now it might be part of a larger deal or whatever, but I don't think he has as much value. He's, he's having a much better season this year because he's not taking all these two pointers that are inefficient. Yeah, I think he's, he's not running like twenty man. pick and rolls. Yeah, yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Next pick for you. Gets tough here. All right. Leap of, leap of faith. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Daryl does like to make his trades. There isn't an obvious spot to upgrade. And then in terms of assets, and that's probably the bigger reason that I had them lower is just they don't really have much to move that I would be think would be that great, right? I mean, they've got a 29. It's Batiste Teibel, right? Yeah, who I would not consider just on his own to be a major player. And then but. I think the other wind at the back of a potential trade scenario here is the fact that they are like 14 cents above the luxury tax line right now. Yeah. No, I think they will for sure do some kind of move. I just didn't think it was going to be high level enough to pick them at this point. And I, I I think that's probably the case. But just given the history here of aggressiveness, I just I just think it can't be ruled out. Does, does something with Shake Milton does not get over the bar, right? No, I wouldn't think so. And J- Jaden Springer has lost his RJ Hampton status. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you when he's at the point where you're surprised they picked up his his rookie option, I would say that that's the case. <laughs> um, where you're at the point where Daryl is like constantly tweeting out every time he has a good G League game, I think you. you, you <laughs> Okay, I'm going to grab San Antonio here. Just Whoa, okay. Oh, because I, pr- I guess Pirtle? Well, Pirtle, I think they have Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott to move potentially as well. But the bigger thing is just that they have this cap space sitting out there, yeah. $27 million. So it just... It, that's going to get used in some way does it get used to just get you know they take on 10 million and they get two seconds for it or is there a salary dump out there or i mean it just there's and purtle it seems like if he's really going to get 20 million a year next year like that's if 20 million dollar year players are worth a first round pick to acquire generally so i I think that's that's where it would land for me i'm I'm not like so enamored of any of their guys like what if they traded josh richardson and that shitty charlotte first for james wiseman would that count i guess that would be a first that would count yeah um you know that would kind of be a salary matching mix maybe it would even go down to like a couple of seconds in that deal then maybe it wouldn't count i don't know. I think wiseman is the number two overall pick if he gets moved that's probably that counts i think yeah it's close yeah. borderline he's still got his rj hampton status <laughs> <laughs> you're next all pick. right uh all right i'm gonna go with houston i don't know what you think about eric gordon but like he that that would be the i i, I just think this this has to happen right like i, I don't know if they're gonna get a first form i think they're probably not going to 
but something well, involving him keep has them? to happen. Why, why don't they just keep him then? Uh, because if they win the championship, they'll owe him twenty million. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you can't, can't risk that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Houston has literally been mathematically eliminated for the playoffs already. They're, they're 11 yeah. and 36. Uh, yeah. I, I guess. No, I just won. say he's, he's, I don't think he's going to be on the team next year. Uh, no, I don't think he will be either. I, I guess there are a number of complications, one of which emerged when we were thinking about this potential Bucks deal of the Rockets don't want more money for next year. So that's where it gets tough to get the matching salary, all expiring contracts, and to get back something for Gordon as well when he's making $20 million, that's it kind of seems tough to me. I, I mean, I think it, even if just putting together that deal comes becomes tough to me as a, if I'm Houston. Unless you could, you know, would Miami be willing to give up their 2023 first and Duncan Robinson for Eric Gordon? Like, I, I mean, if I'm taking out money for next year and I'm Houston, I need at least a first. Otherwise, I'm just not interested yeah, in doing it. Yeah, and that, that may be part of what's been put out there that – they're looking for a first for Gordon because they know that they're probably going to have to take on money beyond this year just to just to get to that to that matching number on him. All right, so you just had Houston. I'm going to grab Chicago now. I'm I'm actually glad that I got all three of the linchpin teams because I think one of them is going to do something, and okay. if they do do something, it it should probably be pretty big. Okay. Uh, even though, again, I don't know if any one of them is particularly likely to do something. It just, you know, we'll see what happens for Chicago in the next week or two here. But it, it seems like one direction or the other, they kind of, Vucevic's contract is ending. And, I mean, it just, they're so stuck in purgatory right now. I mean, maybe it happens in the offseason. They let this group get one healthy time together. Although there's still no Alonzo. I don't think there's going to be Alonzo this year. Yeah. But they just, they have a lot to trade and it would kind of make sense to trade it. So if they do decide to move, it would be major. I agree. If they, if they, yeah, that's one. If they do act, it, it will be seismic. That, that, it will be a game changer. Uh, Speaking of which, so I'm going to take as my next team. Haven't really heard anyone talk about them with the trade deadline, but New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, they and Memphis are kind of birds of a feather here. And New Orleans, I mean, we can go through what do they have to move. I mean, they basically, like, New Orleans can go get anyone that's available if they want to. Correct. And, I mean, as far as contracts, they can do Graham and Temple or uh, Kira Lewis. Like, they have a lot of ways they can go. Jackson Hayes. Yeah, you would think certainly if an Ananobi became available, they would be in on that. Memphis would probably be in on that too, right? And they both teams kind of have just that need at a, of just another two-way player on the wing. I would say New Orleans has a greater need for that. Although, and so then you, but I mean, if you're not going to bring in a guy to start, I mean, the other thing that they would love to do, I'm sure, is to get off of Graham's contract, given their tax concerns yeah. for next year. Uh, 100%, 100%, yeah. So you could even see something the other way where they trade, you know, could they do Graham? and the least least favorable of their uh of their picks this year i guess well i guess they just have a swap this year so it's yeah. it's baked in oh well they, yeah, I mean, they, no you can't do that actually <laughs> never yeah. mind <laughs> yeah so so i mean they're i mean the extras that they have right now are that i mean they only have actually two just extra straight out picks they have a three swaps available as well but yeah they've got a milwaukee 27 and then they've got the deferrable lakers pick either 24 or 25 are their only extra picks but then they also have a a few swaps and they have all their own picks obviously but they are limited in trading their own picks because you have to have something to swap 
but yeah, I mean, that's going to be a fascinating one. It just, it's a shame that they haven't been able to have their whole team together. Cause they don't even know what to, yeah, they don't even know what they look like. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really tricky for them. Yeah. If I were them, I'd actually be more interested in getting an upgrade at center who can shoot. And you know, obviously I've loved Miles Turner for them for a, a very long time. I'm not sure who else would be out there that falls into that category. But Ouch. I also, yeah. Valanchunas is another guy where I think he helps them in the regular season, but the fit with Zion for him is questionable and he wasn't closing games. He's making 15 million. So they, they definitely, I think there could just be a financial component. It would be nice for them. Like they have a lot of picks that have some value, like this Lakers swap, the Lakers yeah. deferment for next year. I mean, those are, I, when Danny and I went through and ranked all of the first round picks, those were both right at the top of the list for me due to the disaster potential that exists anytime with LA. Uh, but they they don't really have you know just like this one shitty protected pick in the future that they can use to kind of get off money and maybe get a player or something um all right so new orleans is down i'm gonna go for the dallas mavericks i don't think they want to give up a first i don't know could is josh green would he he's kind of right on the rj hampton borderline because he's playing better this year yeah but you know, I wouldn't consider Tim Hardaway Jr. necessarily a significant asset player at this point in time. But they certainly feel pressure to get better this year. It's just that problem we've been talking about of do they need to conserve their assets for the next big move. But if they don't, I don't think that next big move is out there, nor can they make that move until they extinguish this obligation from the Porzingis trade. Exactly. Uh Christian Wood's situation a little interesting. Uh, you know, whether they want to pay him or try to do something with him right now. Your pick. Hang on. I had my team and I lost them. All right. I think I think we're at... Oh, no, no. I know who I want. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Interesting. Okay. If somebody I, good I and young becomes available... No, if somebody good and young becomes available and they're sitting all the, on all these picks, all these future picks, like, yeah, I think they would just be like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Like, we'll trade, you know, Baisley and whatever and, you know, take take back somebody they can't take on a big number they're not really set up to do that but i i think they could be a stealth player for any halfway good young player that becomes available yeah i think the the thing is i think like so like what about like sadiq bay you're thinking like along that type of level uh or, or, or a better guy than that or a better guy than that yeah yeah yeah, I think they're just such believers in the players that they have and the guys that they've drafted and trying to develop them that it would be it would also kind of be like a signal that they just are never they're not going to tank this year. I mean, maybe they're just too good already. Like the, I think they would have liked to have been bad again this year. They're just they're not at this point. Maybe the, we've seen them do some epic jobs before, but it seems like, you know, Shea trying to push for all NBA and stuff like they just yeah. they wouldn't be able to do that politically this year. Yeah, they were lower for me. I, I think they're still kind of more in develop mode, and it's just a happy accident that they're as good as they are right now. Um, my next pick is... I guess I'll do the Lakers. Yeah, they're the next team on my board. I, th- I think it's I think it's unlikely they're going to do something with those 27 and 29 picks, which is really the the thing that would happen if something happens with the Lakers. But there there's probably enough push out there, even with the Hachimura trade being done, that there's going to be some internal pressure to do stuff which which could push them to do something that i would not recommend <laughs> but we'll see your pick uh i think now we can go with memphis i i think it's unlikely they're going to do a deal i think i think we had looked at danny green as a guy who is possibly a trade ship and i think now they're looking more at danny green as a guy who can be an upgrade at that backup wing spot for them 
uh, relative to what they're getting from Conchar and Williams. And and so I think he's going to end up playing for them. And so at that point, what is what is the deal they're making? What are the pieces they're putting in to get something else? You're right. If somebody like Ananobi came available at the right price, you could definitely see that one. But otherwise, like I, I they're probably more of a more likely to stand pat. I think. Cleveland Cavaliers are next for me. It's just their inability to make a move rather than willingness it was the big issue. They cannot trade a first as of now, but they are desperately going to be looking for anybody with the heartbeat at the small forward position. So I, they're going to be trying and trying and trying to do something. Uh, that's why I'll pick them here, but I just, I'm not sure. Well, does it deal, you know, you can argue we should have had them higher because does it deal with Karis LeVert and it get over the bar? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like this, like Karis LeVert for Tim Hardaway Jr. It's just like it's uh, yeah, look, yeah. Okay, I mean, like those are guys that are in the top eight rotation, like guys making twenty million or whatever. Like, uh, all right, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what it is. We can argue about it later. I feel like. <laughs> we'll need a ruling from the judges. All right, it's to me. Uh, I'll go with another team that will try and try, but I think is unlikely to actually get anything over the finish line. That's the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, Brooklyn is interesting. They have a first to trade if they want to. They can trade their... Uh, I, I mean, maybe they should actually have been higher because they have an extra first, this Philly first that they could move if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then they could also do their own 29 first and a 28 swap. I, I My bigger concern for them actually is just who's available that's an upgrade for them. Like some of these guys, Claxton, Royce O'Neal, uh Wantanabe, Joe Harris is starting to look a little bit better now. TJ Warren working out. It's like they, those are the type of guys they would be trying to move for, but I don't know who's available that's better than the guys that they have already. That kind of is maybe more the issue. I think they have at least some ammo if they did want to go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Mills contract is probably one. He's kind of redundant with Curry, but yeah. again, who's, who's out there at that price becomes difficult. And then, I think earlier this year, we thought maybe something would happen with Kyrie. I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, probably more a Stan Pat team, but definitely definitely an interesting team to watch. All right, I'll go Portland here. They're hamstrung by this Larry Nance pick that's lotto protected forever and ever for eternity forever. And the fact that they're not an obvious playoff team anytime soon. But so would it, first, yeah. Would a Josh Hart trade move the needle? Yeah, I think that that would count. That would count if, if they were to move him. Sure. That is that is the one I think to watch if they do something with him, uh, just to get to get out in front of this uh, mutual option for next year, clean up the tax situation a little so they can re-sign Jeremy Grant. They already have Nasir Little and Gary Payton signed as like defense guys on the wing for next year, so I, I'd say that would be the the one to watch. Your next pick? Yeah, we're really scraping the barrel here, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go. I'll go Sacramento. Okay. I, I think it's unlikely they do something. They're they're encumbered by the by the pick in the herder trade, so they can't do a first until twenty eight. Uh, I'm sure they would like to move Rashawn Holmes. I don't know what they can do to get anything for him. A, a Harrison Barnes trade would be the other one that would probably count with the judges here and i think that's really unlikely yeah i think they definitely would like to try to do something here as well as they're playing but they also i I, who are they going to get that's going to be an upgrade in their starting five like they could use a little more depth at backup guard maybe maybe although they've got monks still like they could use a little more depth at backup forward but that seems like not a move you would be trading a first for i don't know like who would be like the big acquisition at that point i will go with 
I guess the Washington Wizards, they're always boring. I realize that, but they at least have some stuff to trade. They, in theory, could be trying to get better. Maybe things break down with Porzingis or Kuzma between now and the deadline, and it really becomes clear they don't want to stick around. I That, that all seems unlikely to me, though. Who's next? <laughs> I think there's only one team left. Uh, we have two teams left. Uh, no, uh, no, we have three teams left. We have three left? Would you like to know who they are? Uh, yeah, we have Orlando, right? Yeah. Okay. We have Denver. Okay. And the team that I think literally has nothing to trade. Although maybe that's not true. Certainly in terms of draft picks. So you could be forgiven for forgetting about them. Uh, oh, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had I had to just wait for you to figure it out. I, I, I couldn't tell okay. you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So so it's down to Orlando and Denver then. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go Denver just because they are... I mean, they're, they're out picks. It's really hard. But when you, when your team is this good, you are incentivized more to maybe try to do something else. Something with, say, Christian Braun or Peyton Watson in it, I think would technically qualify for what we're talking about. They have an expiring contract with Ish Smith. Uh, they have another one with Jeff Green, although he's he's back playing. So that, that would probably be less likely. But I, I'll, I'll, there's at least a chance something happens here, right? I suppose so. They're so deep, though, and they just don't have big holes on their team. I'll take Minnesota, actually, just due to the Russell situation and the fact that they've underperformed, and I think there's just going to be a pressure to do something. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, if it's like Russell for somebody else who is whatever. Um, <laughs> I yeah, guess it, that's It just seems like retaining him, wanting to pay him again. Now, maybe it's kind of headed towards they bring him back on a two-year deal for $25 million a season or something like that. That's just sort of a, a placeholder. Keep the salary in there, and he will can give them a little something because they can't really replace him, but he's not that good either. Just a, continuing a, a marriage of convenience. Yeah. So that um, leaves the Orlando Magic for you. I would watch out for them as a talent acquirer. They acquired Fultz at the deadline. They acquired Wendell Carter at the deadline. They acquired R.J. Hampton at the deadline. I know Carter and Hampton were, you know, deals going the other way as well. But that that would be more where I would keep an eye on them is as an acquirer. I don't think I don't think they'll do. Uh, I don't think they'll get a first for Gary Harris or Terrence Ross, and I don't think they'll be part of some huge blockbuster. But if there's like a, a young guy in another team that they kind of like that the other team's a little sour on, I could see them trying to wedge in there. I don't know if you've heard that Mo Bamba is available. Oh, really? Wow. Is uh, huh? Is John Collins available too? <laughs> uh, Mo Bamba would not count, by the way, in and of himself. Uh, but no. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned them as a talent acquirer. They they have a lot of guys that I think they just want to roll with here. So like, they are relatively deep in terms of just prospects that they already have on the roster. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure if uh, Gary Harris or Bamba uh, aggregating those guys together, I maybe they would feel like they would want to just pick someone up now and possibly eat into their cap space for next year because yeah. they if they feel like they can't use it yeah i mean i there isn't a single team out there i mean i would have probably ranked i guess denver is probably my lowest team but there's I mean, I think there are a lot of teams that really would like to do something here. It's just, again, this is more of a buyer's than seller's market. Or, I'm sorry, a seller's than buyer's market at this point in time. All right, I think we're good. That was fun. I, yeah. We should do this every year. I, I actually thought that was pretty illuminating. We'll, we'll see who yeah, ends up this was the, Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and we can go back and do and do reviews and give ourselves grades. Yeah. yeah. No. I, that's, right? That's what you're supposed to do right after the draft. You have the draft grades right away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got two more episodes, or actually one more episode before the trade deadline. Holy crap, that's Ooh, amazing. Yeah. 
all right well we'll we'll figure out what we're going to do next week but i think uh possibly the assistant coaches might be a little involved just a little tease for, for next week all right thanks so much for being subscribers if you are on the free podcast please consider subscribing to dunked on prime we're having our mock trade deadline episode coming up this weekend there is a special sale for that as well obviously you get john and my podcast every single one of them once a week you get five more from me and danny you get seth partners writing twice a week you get dan feldman's writing five days a week and access to our salary sheets which are invaluable we're going to be updating those throughout the trade deadline period and also ask access to our discord which is a great community really smart interesting people in there if you want to find a maybe more interesting and saner space to talk basketball than the usual twitter conversation it's a great place as well so we hope you'll consider subscribing for our special mock trade deadline sale we'll talk to you all again soon reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.